Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into RRS in 10. I am RC Maxfield alongside Brandon Solis. Brandon, how you doing on this? Uh, well, it's Wednesday night for us, but let's go Thursday for the people. Thursday. I think Thursday is going to be looking pretty good. Got some things to look forward to. So I'm always like a little Friday, as we've mentioned before. Yeah, always got to shout out Casey Cowan with the little Friday, um, especially if you're in the 806. A lot to cover today. So um, we don't want to leave anybody out. And if we do, call us out on it. But I don't think we are. So let's start with women's tennis real quick. Um, Lisa Mays was named Big 12 Player of the Week, um, co-Big 12 Player of the Week, actually, the conference announced. Um, She was the number one position in both singles and doubles when they played TCU, and she picked up wins in both matches to help Tech to a 1-0 start in Big 12 play. So congrats to Lisa on that front. Now we move on, and there's another player of the week in Texas Tech um, Athletics, and that is in volleyball, which will be Reagan Cooper. She was named Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. The sophomore outside hitter earns her first Big 12 honor of her career. She's a sophomore, as I mentioned, um, from Rawlett, Texas. Um, She's a Washington State transfer. Got a little bit um, acclimated after she kind of struggled, I would say, um early on a little bit of expectations she didn't meet in the fall but really has come on strong um the first two weekends of volleyball season so congrats to reagan on that one and then before we get back to on the field on the course whatever we may be talking about in football news um they have hired three staff members for off the field roles the most notable being aaron hodges Um, He will be the director of recruiting Um, in his only year at Purdue. um, He had the Boilermakers as the 25th nationally ranked class cut according to multiple recruiting outlets, um, including 26th by rivals. Um, It was the highest ranked um, recruiting class in over a decade for the Boilermakers. And he also has time at Ohio state. So Brandon quality, quality pickup, especially for the director of recruiting for Matt Wells. Yes, uh, I'm looking forward to Aaron, uh, his role on this team. Uh, I saw a tweet, I believe he did it uh, Wednesday afternoon, calling out all Texas high school football players because he wants to talk to your head coach. Uh, and he says all of them. First 100 days, drop your head coach's Twitter, and that's what he wants to do. Then uh, that, That's a good sign already. I mean, and then uh, with Kyler Jordan getting offered, he was already in this position, I believe. Um, so you have to think maybe he's – probably already getting to work, which is a good sign for for Red Raiders. And like you said, his track record is uh, pretty impressive, even though it's, you know, Purdue is probably not the powerhouse football program you, you think of uh, nowadays. And But um, nonetheless, good hires. It's nice to see that they're actually making an effort to, to fill those needs and catch up with the other Big 12 programs like Texas, Oklahoma, that have already established those roles in their, at their colleges. Yeah, I know. Uh, and the biggest thing for me, um, about Aaron Hodges. I don't know how you feel about this player from Purdue, but Rondell Moore, he's supposed to be mm-hmm. a first round, second round pick. Aaron was the key integral figure to get Rondell Moore to Purdue um, and actually convinced him to stay another year. And now it's not going to hurt his draft stock, but I think that tells you just how well he or how great he is at building relationships um, with players and obviously staff members as well. So quality ad, as we mentioned, the other two are Art Valera, who will be a senior analyst. And then the other one, Ashton Washington, will be the director of recruiting operations and creative content. So congratulations to them on getting their roles. Um, Ashton is coming 
from the University of Illinois. Now let's get to on the field stuff, and we'll start with Texas Tech softball as they split um, the midweek doubleheader. First time that they had played in Rocky Johnson Field in 360 days. They lost the first game, but ended up winning the second one, did the Red Raiders, as um, Aaron Edmondson got her third loss of the season. But Texas Tech came out and dominated in the second one with Missy Zoke in the circle and three home runs led the way for the Red Raiders. So they're slowly getting back on track. Um, Coach Ward has it moving in the right direction. Um, Just a little bit of a stumble um, this past weekend in Arkansas where they got perfect gamed by the number 21 Razorbacks and then lost another time to the Razorbacks as well. But slowly starting to move in the right direction, have quality pieces, but hopefully today was the day that the bats finally got going on the course. Texas Tech finished fourth, the men did, at the Cabo Collegiate at TPC San Antonio. Ludwig Aberg finished tied for fifth in the singles aspect of it. Again, no Sandy Scott in this one for the Red Raiders. Um, Quality, quality round, though. They were 17 under today as a fivesome. Just unbelievable um, round of golf for those guys. Um, Just a little short, though. Um, as Texas Tech finished 12 back of Oklahoma, who actually ended up winning the tournament down there in San Antonio. As for the Red Raiders back home here in the 806, Texas Tech baseball, the number 10 run uh, Red Raiders run ruled the Tigers today in the midweek finale. We know yesterday they um, obviously beat the tar out of the Tigers. Now that you look at it, I mean, my goodness, I feel bad for the Tigers a little bit, Brandon. They came into these two games getting outscored 91 to 21 in seven games. And I don't think it got any better. Um, no, but you love the the aspect of uh, Jace Young. It looks like that power is finally mm-hmm. starting to translate a little bit with him and Romback um, leading the charge in homers with Jace Young now with four after he had two today and then obviously Ron back with three. So good to see those young bats finally um, finding that power. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, Tuesday's game might've been a little rough for Cal Conley, but he kind of turned it around this game as well. Um, this offense is, they, they really needed these past uh, couple of series, uh, especially after, you know, going down Oh three in Arlington uh, right to open the season against some powerhouse teams. Uh, but um, but nonetheless, even though the competition isn't nearly as um, stout as the rest of, let's say, a TCU, you know, the Texases of the world, um, still nice to get a win on the diamond, especially by run rule. Uh, 15 runs, you know, multiple. The, this is the multiple games that they've put 10 plus. It seems like once they really get going, they string together the innings. Scored eight in the second, scored two, then three, then two, and uh for 15 runs, 13 hits, no errors, which is nice to see because those errors were haunting them that first series, if you want to call it that first series. But, uh, but yeah, it seems like they're kind of getting it together, and uh, it's been really fun to watch this offense and, like you said, getting the bats going again So, and the young guys. So everything you said just right on point, and I think this team is finally kind of where they want to be, and we'll see um, how they get it going because I was marking the calendar, my uh, calendar, personal calendar in the kitchen, and they have a lot going on. Once you write it down, this this month month of March is going to be pretty uh pretty stacked for them. So I'm um, I'm I'm waiting waiting to see how they do against that uh tougher competition again, like we did see that opening weekend. Hopefully that's kind of behind them already. Yeah, you want to see Gonzaga 
and mm-hmm. um, UConn, UConn. Um, before you start conference play. Those are the two teams to watch out for, and you can get a better gauge because, yeah. again, no disrespect to um, Texas Southern. Yeah. Oh, just not very good. I mean, yeah, they're just not that, very good. They're, they're just not they're in a rebuild, um, and that's what they're going through. I mean, I think the proof is just looking at the run differential from these past two days, 29 to 2. Um, and the crazy part is you, you mentioned the bats waking up, Brandon. Um, the Red Raiders have outscored Houston Baptist and Texas Southern 66 to 8 in five games. That'll win you a lot of ball games. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, well, let's move on, and hopefully, that's the kind of score we see tomorrow night on the hardwood in the Red Raiders' favor. Um, I kid, kind something. of. Um, hopefully, it happens, but hey, let a man dream. Am I right? Um, as Texas Tech will have their last home game of the season. It, it, is this officially senior night now? I know that Texas was supposed to be. Have they officially made the senior night? No, I think Marcus got a little recognition. His family came down, and uh, that's sure. the lone senior that they really – they didn't do the Cade Cunningham thing like Oklahoma State did. But um, nonetheless, I think Marcus kind of got his recognition. His family came down, and it was a, ended up being a good game to come to for them, that Texas game. So, um, like you said, though, officially this is technically their – I mean, it, it's not technically. I mean, it is their last uh, regular season home game. And uh, not until next year or later this year, I guess we'll see him uh, again in Lubbock. But um, but yeah, I think I think they might do a little something, maybe a little video for Marcus. But I think that was mainly focused on that Texas game. And that makes sense. I mean, that was yeah. originally senior night. You didn't know if that was going to happen up until that point. And you get two more games at home. You can't complain. Hopefully you can end the year with a win, which would make you go to 11 and four at home if you're the mm-hmm. Red Raiders and secure a above 500 record in big 12, which would be huge. Um, now the Cyclones, it, when we say it's a rebuild for Texas Southern, same can be said for Iowa state, which is um, crazy because yeah. they used to be pretty dominant. Yeah, and I, I think it's just cause they had guys leave early uh, that they weren't expecting. Yeah. I think the prime example is Horton Tucker um, with the Lakers. Now I thought he was going to be a three-year player and he bounced as a freshman. Good for him. He's an NBA player, but Um, It was interesting to see that happen. Um, The Cyclones have dropped 15 straight um, following a loss to the Longhorns on Tuesday night in Ames. They are 2-19 on the year, 0-16 in Big 12 play. Brandon, quick question. Who was the last 0-4 team in conference in the Big 12? Please don't say Texas Tech. It wasn't. Okay, okay. Um, Good. Kansas State? Maybe. You had the right color, just the wrong team. Oh, it's TCU. TCU in 2013 and 14. Um, Eight, seven, seven, seven years, six, seven years. They they were abysmal, um, and Iowa State is in that same category. Um, wow. But tip-off is set for 6 p.m. You can watch the game on ESPN+. Plus. Big 12 and, now um, will be holding it. Um, that's kind of – Saying something, don't mean to cut you off there, but look, because no, right now you're sitting in seventh, right? Oh, well, I mean, again, I, I don't want to get disgusting here because this is a Texas Tech oriented podcast. Oh, yeah, no. But I do want to say this. And again, I hope Chris does not fire me. I hope you don't mute <laughs> me right away. But I think tomorrow night, you obviously want to be a Texas Tech fan. But 
You also want to be a Longhorn fan. You also want to be a Longhorn fan. And that's disgusting to say, but because if Texas beats Oklahoma and you win tomorrow night, you move move up to the sixth and you do not want to play on Wednesday night in Kansas City. uh, You'd play West Virginia, right? If you. Um, On Wednesday night, no, you'd play Iowa State again. You'd be the seven. Okay. And then the next night, you would have to. And then the next night, you would um, either play uh, probably West Virginia or Kansas. It just depends how West Virginia um, ends their year. Um, But, I mean, that game's meaningless. Iowa State, I mean, only bad things can happen to you. Um, Yeah, 0-16, they're 10th, correct? I don't think, obviously, TCU's like a game ahead of them or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, they're 10th, they're 9th, you're 7th. Like, that just goes to show you how tough this conference is. I mean, it's wild. two teams, like, you know, two, three teams are the gap there, and they're 0-16, you're 8-7. and Yeah, it's it's so, unbelievable. Yeah, you can uh, listen to the game tomorrow night. Um, if you don't want to listen to the ESPN Plus guys, and I don't know why you would, you can listen to it with Jeff. And uh, are we calling him the fearless leader of the site? How do, how do, what's his official I think title? He is. Fearless I think he, leader. You can call him just anything, just as long as it's not negative. Chris, but, uh, I didn't realize how tall he was until I hang. I was hanging out around him yeah, a little bit more yeah. level. My goodness, sneaky height. Put him in the post. I mean, him and Marcus Santos Silva, same person. Solid. Same It'd person. Be a solid, uh, solid two right there. Yeah, built built like units. Absolute units. <laughs> um, you can listen to the game over on Double T 97.3. Pre-game starts at 5 p.m. for that one, and tip-off is set for 6 p.m., and that'll be the last home game. As we mentioned, the regular season finale for the Red Raiders will be a um, ESPN, quote-unquote, primetime matchup, as they are calling it, at 3 p.m., on Sunday in Waco. Uh, but if you go to nine and seven, that game might not mean much, especially if you win yours and Oklahoma loses. That would be absolutely ideal tomorrow night. But he is branded IMRC. That is RRS and 10 for everything Texas Tech Athletics and the latest news on Texas Tech recruiting. Be sure to subscribe and get on redraidersports.com. We'll catch y'all tomorrow, guys.